and it's like a, it's a gradual process. It's like, for me, it's, it's really fun to be able to take it. Obviously, even uh, during the tough problems, it's just, for me, it's like learning is part of the process, but we, we, we say that in a lucky tone, right? In terms of, again, someone somewhere wishes they were you and they would trade all their problems, all their struggles for yours. Do you want to learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and grow your business from successful entrepreneurs, startups, and CEOs without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresham Harkness values your time and is ready to share with you precisely the information you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO Podcast. I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Davis Wynn of MyConsultingOffer.org. Davis, super excited to have you on the show. Thanks for being here. I'm excited. Yes, yeah, super excited to have you on. And before we jumped into the interview, I want to read a little bit more about Davis so you can hear about some of the awesome things that he's been working on. And coming from a low-income, first-generation background family, Davis graduated from Yale in 2015 as a QuestBridge scholar and was the first in his family to go to college. After graduating from Yale, Davis worked at Bain & Company as a management consultant and jump cut a Y Combinator education company where he was the vice president of operations. Today, he is the CEO of MyConsultingOffer.org, a company he founded to help students and professionals begin a career in management consulting. When Davis isn't helping inspiring management consultants, he volunteers at and donates to various educational nonprofits, competes in the World Championship of Public Speaking, where he was placed in the top 200 and spends time with his family. Davis, again, excited to have you on the show, my friend. Are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? Happy to add value where I can. Yeah, absolutely. You're adding value in many different ways. So glad we get to pull you away for a little bit to, to hear more from you. And to kind of kick everything off, I wanted to rewind the clock. I know I touched on a little bit, but hear a little bit more about what I call your CEO story. We'll let you get started with all the awesome work you're doing. Awesome. So I'm a very unlikely entrepreneur. It wasn't like I was born one day, I was going to be an entrepreneur. So I'll, I'll share a little bit of background. So my, my family, they immigrated from Vietnam shortly after the Vietnam War. So I was born, I was lucky enough to be born in the United States. But my family, they were, they were farmers back in Vietnam. And so during that time, anything that they can do, they wanted to be able to create a new life. So my grandma was the first person in our family to come to the US and she wanted a better life for me, my siblings and my cousins. And for her, my, my grandma didn't finish high school. She didn't have proper education. She's literally working on farmlands. So when she came to the US, she would take any job that she could get. For example, she was a baggage handler, like imagine a tiny little five foot one woman handling baggage for Delta. She would clean houses, she would cook, she'd do anything she can to save up money. But eventually my, my grandma would save up enough money to open up a nail salon. So she had never done manicures before, didn't pedicure. I don't even be sure she got a manicure or a pedicure before she started. But she's like, you know what? I always had a dream of owning my own business. And, and she started this business with no experience. She didn't go to business school, didn't have an MBA, didn't even file for the right paperwork. In fact, I remember growing up and a lot of times the IRS or the government would come and say, hey, you're missing this license and so forth. But my grandma would always put everything to and pursue this dream and realize that, hey, I'll figure everything else as I go. And that became my first inspiration for entrepreneurship. And then my grandma, literally this shop, they was in a community where they've never had people who were Asian going in, opening stores. And I remember a couple of things happened during my grandma's first couple of years before the nail shop took off and was able to provide was... I remember, for example, there was an arson who set up the shop on fire. And instead of giving up, my grandma would just come in the next day, broom everything off and just pick it back up. I remember one day when the business started taking off, 
And my grandma was basically robbed because she kept the money in, in the store. And this is way before like touchless pay, Venmo and everything else. And so it was like, then things were done and credit cards and cash. And so she was robbed at gunpoint. And then a couple of times when, even when they couldn't rob her and she put in like a safe and she put in metal bars in the shop to prevent arts and things like that, they still found other ways. People still, for example, one night just broke in and just stole everything. And but my grandma every time would just come in. And that was the story of entrepreneurial journey. Is in a lot of Asian parents, they'll say, Oh, be, be a doctor, be an engineer. But my grandma never really pushed us to anything. And I was just really inspired by my grandma. I was like, wow, she's creating jobs for people. She gets to do something and she gets to learn. And I thought, wow, that'd be that would be a really cool job. I didn't have a name for entrepreneurship, being a business owner or anything, but I was like, I want to do what my grandma's doing. And so that that was the inspiration for for starting my my journey as an entrepreneur. Nice. Well, I appreciate you so much in sharing that. And I think so many times when, you know, we're doing all, you know, the things that we're doing on a daily basis, sometimes we can kind of lose focus and and not realize that a lot of times our story ends up being, you know, the people that love and care for us made sacrifices. And, you know, the words that were coming to my mind, hard work, resilience, um, just an incredible work ethic and, and just a uh, a never die attitude. It sounds like your grandma has that. I think that's something that I, you can obviously hear inspires you, but I think it's definitely, you know, inspirational to me as well, too. Every day, credit to my grandma there. So I, I didn't learn any of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 uh, d- d- uh, I beg to differ with that. So um, I wanted to drill down a little bit more sure. and hear a little bit more on what you're working on, how that transition, your your uh, grandmother, her dream has inspired you to do all the awesome things you're doing. Cheers. Sure, so my, my grandma inspired me to be an entrepreneur. So I, I always had some sort of entrepreneurial business or venture coming up. For example, it was elementary school selling candy bars and selling... And selling Coca-Cola bottles, like my family would, for example, go to a discount outlet and I would just buy a bunch of them. I'm like, all right, I can probably just sell these, make a little bit of money. Middle school doing the same thing with trading cards and then high school the same as well. I always had these ventures going back and forth, even in college. They weren't all successful. And a lot of the people who end up being my mentors, my bosses, my managers at these various internships just basically said, hey, Davis, look for something called management consulting. It'll brush up on your skills. And so that's where I ended up starting my career was working in management consulting and for anyone who's not familiar with it, it's similar to being a business doctor. They hire you, you come in, you solve a sticky problem. So it could be like, for example, working with a with a hotel chain, thinking about expanding to a new country or working with a luxury brand who's thinking about launching a new product. So like the, the problems, and I was like, wow, I get to work in different industries with smart people. That sounds fantastic. But eventually I would I end up getting multiple offers. And I loved my time in consulting. And I would have stayed actually, I thought about, wow, wow, I can see myself staying here because I really enjoyed the people, really enjoyed the work. And at the time, there was a education company going through Y Combinator called Jumpka, which you mentioned in the intro, and they had an opening. I was like, wow, well, I want to work in education because education is what enabled me to be where I am. And so I took the plunge. I was like, well, I can come back to Bain, but this jump cut opportunity going to Y Combinator, that's like a unique opportunity. So I ended up just, well, let's take a risk on myself. And of course, when you're a startup going to Y Combinator and you're in the education space, you're still figuring out how to find a market product fit. You're trying to figure out how to be profitable. And so I took a 40% salary cut, not including bonuses or anything else else to, to join this company. It was still in California. So I was still only paying cost of living and things like that. And I've been supporting my mom since I was 13. And so I still needed to figure out a way to, to make all this happen during this time when my family members ended up needing emergency surgery and cost about $20,000, which I didn't have at the time. And so I needed to figure out a way to, well, support my family. And this is where the idea of my consulting offer came, which is that when I was at Bain, I was involved in 
the recruiting of new talent to Bain, as well as going through the resumes, making sure they're ready for interviews and so forth. I just really enjoyed it. And so I said, well, what if I do this on the weekends? Monday to Friday, I'll work on Jump Cut. And then Saturday, Sundays, I would just work on this business. And it just took off. As in, I started with just a few handful of students who wanted to work in consulting. And then soon, it just word of mouth blew up. And eventually, I just decided to go full time. And today, we have a full team that helps way more people than I could have in my living room on a Saturday or Sunday when this business started a few years ago. Nice. I appreciate you so much and, you know, sharing that journey. And so um, you you touched a little bit upon, you know, what you're doing at myconsultingoffer.org. Could you drill down a little bit more and, and tell us, know, let us know what we can find there and how you're making that impact with you and your team? Yeah, absolutely. So very simple. When someone wants to work in management consulting, it could be they're a student or they're currently in the workforce and they want the six-figure salary. They want to work with CEOs. They want to build the skill set. They want to have this on their resume, a company like McKinsey, Deloitte, Bain, Boston Consulting Group. Basically, what we do is very simple. We do two things. We help you get interviews and we help you pass the interview so you get the offer. And that's pretty much what we do. And part of the business too, the .org part, is that we donate a lot of our profits to many of the education companies that we partner with. And so it's kind of like a pay it forward model, which is like you got a consulting offer, but there are people all around the world who want to have an opportunity at just being able to provide for their family to be able to do better in the previous generation. So that's what we basically do is we make the money, obviously help people get through the consulting offer and success based. So it's kind of like one of our most popular business models is that, Hey, you don't, if you can't afford everything up front, you pay a little bit to make sure that you have some skin in the game, but we take the majority of the risk. And of course, as a result, we want to make sure that we're your best, that we have skin in the game. You get the offer. And then afterwards, you'll pay the SES fee and we donate a portion of that to start scholarships, funding research, fighting cancer. There's like so many causes over the years that we've built up. And a lot of it is team generated. They'll come by and say, hey, Davis, it's a cause I really care about. So when the Ukrainian process worked and one of our team members is Ukrainian, and I was like, well, David, can we? I was like, absolutely, we can add these funds. Appreciate that. So this might be for yourself, the the business or a combination of both, but I want to ask you for what I call your secret sauce. And this is something that you feel kind of either sets you or the business apart, but what do you feel kind of is that secret sauce for you or the business? We literally have skin in the game with the people who work with us. As in, it's it's not like, imagine, imagine that you could hire a team of lawyers and you had two options. You had a lawyer who charged you an X amount upfront and a lawyer says, hey, you don't pay until we win. We wanted to be the latter. We wanted to have skin in the game with our clients. And that's obviously we delivered great results in the first word of mouth kicks in. But that's one of the secret sauces is that we, we're invested. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. And I think it, again, creates that, that great environment and that that um, cycle of you know benefits that happens in so many different ways. So I wanted to uh, switch gears a little bit. And I want to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app, a book, or a habit that you have, but what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? I find that this is something I've learned actually more after becoming an entrepreneur is you don't have to do everything yourself. As in, we, we think of it as like the solo founder or the person who has to do it. But a lot of times when I'm about to start something, I think about, well, who's doing it really well? And what can I learn? Like my path won't be the exact same as them, but maybe like, for example, when I first started working out when I was overweight, I was like, well, I'm not going to try to create a workout routine by myself and figure this out. I was like, well, there's probably forums online that I can learn from. There are probably friends of mine who eat healthy. There are probably people who have been lifting weights. They can probably give me the runaround on this one. And the same thing with business is, for example, if we're about to start a new marketing campaign, let's say we wanted to build our YouTube channel, then I would say, well, who's doing it really well versus us like, starting from scratch every single time? Awesome, awesome, awesome. So I want to ask you now for what I call a CEO nugget. So this is a little bit more word of wisdom or piece of advice. Um, I like to say it might be something if you were to hop into a time machine, you might tell your younger business self. 
I, I always remind myself this, and I also give new entrepreneurs this, is that this reminds like being a founder, being an entrepreneur, being a CEO, there are going to be ups and downs. Just remember, though, that somewhere someone in the world wishes they were you and they would trade all their problems to have the problems that you're solving. And this, this helps me stay grounded for when there are tough decisions that need to be made, there are problems that are going on or tough emails and so forth. I just remember myself, there's at least one person in the world who was like, I trade everything I have to have what you have. Mm, I, I love that just on obviously a business level is, you know, like you kind of touched on and we've been talking about the ups and downs of the journey of entrepreneurship. And sometimes things don't always go the way you want them to go. But I think even on a human level, um, so many times we can get in this, I guess, spirit of I want this or I want that or I wish I was here. Or, I wish I was there. And it's so kind of sometimes forward facing. It kind of robs us as we kind of talked about. And you said that the present, you know, and how that is ultimately a gift because you, where you are is something that you know you <laughs> might have been even dreaming four years and years ago and, and definitely somebody else might be doing you know as we talking as we're talking now exactly awesome 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 so want to ask you now my absolute favorite question which is the definition of what it means to be a ceo we're hoping to have different quote-unquote ceos on this show so davis what does being a ceo mean to you to me being a ceo means leading your organization and creating amazing results for the people who choose to work with you either it's your team or whether it's your customers your clients it's being that person who's responsible for the results that you create in people's lives. I love that. And, and I think that um, as you talked about your team, you talked about clients and customers, I imagine your partners as well too. When you think about that amazing result, that that phrase that you use, it can kind of manifest itself in so many different ways for different people. Like you mentioned, somebody on the team wanting to be able to kind of donate um, for everything that was going on, you know, in their life to be able to do that. Of course, uh, uh, somebody wanting to get a job or, you know, there's just so many different ways that you can create those amazing results. So it sounds like you've been able to kind of tune into that and be able to kind of execute on that for the team as a whole? It, it, it's a work in progress. As in, I wouldn't say that I was born a perfect CEO and I'm far from it. It's just learning, right? It's getting feedback. It's learning from your mistakes. It's learning from your successes. It's learning from others. And it's like a, it's a gradual process. It's like, for me, it's, it's really fun to be able to take it. Obviously, even uh, during the tough problems, it's just, for me, it's like learning is part of the process. But we, we, we say that in a lucky tone, right? In terms of, again, Someone somewhere wishes they were you and they would trade all their problems, all their struggles for yours. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. And do you feel like that that educational background that you you kind of talked about, do you feel like that has um, really helped out with, I guess, that mentality of learning and, and, and first of all, being able to appreciate this today, but also be able to kind of continue, you know, get better and grow in, in so many different ways? I was always, always, always that curious type of person. So people always joke, oh, did Yale make you a curious learner? I was like, oh, probably the other way around, which is always curious. And then Yale was like, oh, let me let me in. And from, from, from I was, I was little, as in my high school, my, my school system was called like the worst school system in the U.S. for a number of years when I was in, in school. It's better now. And but at, the, at the time, I was just so curious. I was like that kid where like, they're like, Davis, just shut up. We want to get out of school. We want to get a period. We want to go to lunch. But I'm over here just asking questions about just anything that was just so fascinating. I was just like, I was just so curious. And even today, my friends are like, all right, they, all right, if we take Davis on this tour, he's just gonna, we're not gonna make it past the first leg of this tour, which is not. 
Well, David, truly appreciate your time. Appreciate your curiosity as well, too. So what I wanted to do now is pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional that you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best people can get a hold of you, find out about all the awesome things you and your team are working on. Awesome. Feel free to check us out at MyConsultingOffer.org or just send me an email at davis at MyConsultingOffer.org. I'm very easy to use LinkedIn, whatever channel. I am, I'm pretty plugged in for better or worse. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. And to make it even easier to be plugged in and be connected, we'll have the links and information in the show notes too, so that everybody can follow up with you. But Davis, truly appreciate all the awesome things you're doing. Of course, appreciate your time again today. And I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. All right. To you and the audience as well. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase. It's a community. Be sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. This has been the I Am CEO Podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.